Hi, I'm Diane. Hello, and I'm Denise. And we are Women Beyond a Certain Age. I'm so happy to report. Our show today is Alyssa Altman, who is the author of Motherland. And uh, we're going to talk to her, Diane. I'm so excited. I am really excited to listen to this. I mean, she's an extraordinary writer. She has a an interesting book. I mean, for all of us can relate about mothers, <laughs> motherhood. So I'm very excited to hear her interview with you, Denise. And I know you have um, met her and know yes. her. And Alyssa's blog was Poor Man's Feast. And she's one of the original bloggers that did, you know, it was really these beautiful written pieces. It wasn't just... right. That's how I remember her now That's that right. you're telling me this. Yes. And so I met her at Greenbrier many years ago, and I was fortunate enough to go to one of her writing workshops, which I can't say enough nice things about. Um, it helped me enormously to focus on what I really want to write. Mm-hmm. Um I know what I really want to do is be able to write like Alyssa, but it's never going to happen in this lifetime, okay? <laughs> you got to get real about expectations and about what kind of talent you have. But but that doesn't mean that you can't be I can a writer get, for yourself. No, and right. it doesn't mean that I can't get better. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, God, trying gonna, to, this is going to be a great uh, podcast. Well, so that's it. And thank you, Miss Diane. And here we go. And it's Alyssa Altman uh, talking about her new, latest book, Motherland. Hello and welcome to Women Beyond a Certain Age. Thank you. I, I am so grateful. I I don't know if you remember, E, but I met you at Greenbrier, at Tony Allegra's Greenbrier. And I, I, I met you and Susan for a moment. And I loved you because you guys actually brought your golf clubs to go golfing at Greenbrier. Well, I don't want to make any sort of cultural comments, but, you know, uh, we also have several Subarus in the driveway. <laughs> well, all I know is, no, I loved it because I, and no one else, everyone came to the Greenbrier to me. I went and I loved Tony and I was grateful when I met different people, but I always went to really just look at the wallpaper because I couldn't believe what they got away with. Do you know what Dorothy Draper had gotten away with? I thought it was magical. Now, this is what I want you to do for me, if you would. I have read Motherland, your latest book, twice. But I need you to tell people how you got here, the evolution, because I know you were an editor before you became a writer. And I just need you to tell our listeners your evolution. And then we'll talk about, I loved, if people don't know that you won a James Beard Award for your blog, Poor Man's Feast, then I feel sorry for them. And they (laughs) they need to get their hands on that copy of that book. Because I was slow, I read your blog after I met you. I was slow to the book. I don't know why I just didn't get there. And then after I read the book, Alyssa, I was so excited to read all your books, but then when Motherland came out, it's just been, I think it's a gift. Well, it's thank, you. thank really. you. So tell us your evolution, please. So, so yeah, um, you know, I, um, I was actually just, I went to, I went to school in Boston and I was actually just talking to um, someone from Boston University uh, the other day, um, a member of the alumni group. And and we were talking about the fact that I was there. I graduated in 1985. That makes me 56. And I, a Boston BU now has this 
really tremendous, um, very, very well-known um, culinary program now. Wow. And it's it's really, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of program. I mean, you can, there. it's a, ma- I believe it's a master's, but you can cobble together bits and pieces uh, from other um, from other uh, schools in the in the university and and we, and I was saying to them that I you know I found myself really incredibly uh, interested in what would, would now I mean if I had to do it all over again what would have been um, culinary anthropology why yeah. do people eat what they eat who are they based on you know based on their on uh, what they what they do at the table and what they bring to the table and and I came to that naturally because you know I I uh, I grew up in Queens New York in the 1960s and 70s um, my both sides of, of, of my family um, were from here my both my my parents were born here and raised here in the you know 20s 30s 40s 50s my grandparents on my mother's side had been in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, as far back as the 1880s, making them, as I like to say, the original hipsters. Um, And my father's family came from Eastern Europe in the very, very early part of the century. So my grandfather came here from um, Ukraine in 1905. My My paternal grandmother came from... Uh, what is now Romania in 1899, I want to say. And, and I, you know, sitting at their table and they were like the set of grandparents that I wasn't super close to. I was much closer to my mom's side, but when I saw them, I, I knew instinctively that they, that the foods that they were making, the things that they were bringing to their table had one foot in the new country and one foot in the old country. And it was, a way for them to, to keep their culinary, what I call table stories, alive, and the connection to the people uh, who had gone before them and who either, you know, passed here or passed there tragically. And it was really interesting to me. And because I grew up in Queens, I grew up in a very mixed neighborhood. So, and of course, when you're a child, you don't know that you're really a, a really in, incredible sort of representation of a of the melting pot. <laughs> but my best friends were Japanese, Italian, uh, Chinese, um, German, and we were in and out of each other's houses, and Dutch, and we were in and out of each other's houses all the time and and I realized that they were doing and their grandparents who were still very much a part of their lives were doing the exact same thing that my grandparents were doing and I think that that uh from an anthropological standpoint that lit something in me and that always it was like a pilot light it was just always on and I was always interested in it and you know, so there's that side of the story. There's also the same, the side of um, that's really more um, about nurturing and sustenance, and the fact that I grew up as you know Denise knows. I grew up in a home with a mother who hates food in all of its forms. Hates, hates the table. Former model. You know, hates it, hates it, hates it. And then my father loved food, so I, I was sort of whiplashing between these two people who. <laughs> you know, who, who didn't, one didn't like food and the other one loved it. And so I had to find ways to nurture myself. And like many people who are food professionals, 
professionals, I learned to do that at the table. So I, you know, my father was um, forever sort of kidnapping me and taking me out for these crazy, crazy lunches, just the two of us uh, in the 19, uh, the 1970s while my mother was off having her hair done. Um, and I, you know, as I, and I mentioned BU because I was saying to this young woman I talked to that if I'd had it to do all over again, I probably uh, would have done something more, um, more along the sort of culinary anthropology lines. Uh, but in any event, so, so I did that. And then I, you know, I graduated from college. I wound up going to work for a division of Random House. Um, I was there for a little while. And I, you know, I was living at home with my mother and my stepfather. And this is the 80s and food is everywhere. And my mother lived on the Upper West Side and around the corner from Fairway, around the corner from Zabar's. And so we, you know, we were, there was food everywhere, whether my mother ate it or not is irrelevant. And, and I became really very interested in it. And I quit my job and I went to work for the original Dean and DeLuca uh, down at 121 Prince Street uh, between Wooster and Green. And it's, um, I don't even know what it is anymore, um, but it's certainly not that. It may be maybe Club Monaco. And I was working there during the day. And because I was in my 20s and my hips were great and my knees were great, um, <laughs> then went to cooking school at night. I was not in the professional program. It was not like I was decide, you know, deciding to be a chef. I just, I wanted to have the um, the exposure to food all day and then the actual actual practical side of it at night. And um, I made the decision not to go into a kitchen situation be- because of the hours. It just would have been um, not great for me. And I went back to editing. I went back to publishing and refocused my, my publishing life on cookbooks and on food-related and travel, uh, travel-related writings, and um, so, it's so smart. You know, really, it's. I know when you're doing it, it doesn't seem like you had a plan, or when you speak about it now. But it was actually, it was a brilliant plan that you did. You you got into food, then you went to school at night, and then you went into you know editing cookbooks. So you used all of your talents. Right, right. You know, and it was. I I I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. Uh, in hindsight, I didn't know really what I was doing. I, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of in awe of people who come out of college and they're like, okay, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And, you know, and, and, and maybe that it looks like I did that on the, uh, you know, from the run in the long view, but, yeah. but in fact, I really, I really didn't. And that's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but it's all, but it's all really good, you know? Yes. And, and I and I always say that, you know, the work that I did at Dean and DeLuca and the work that I did in cooking school pasted together uh, were, were like the, the it was the best education I could have gotten. It really was. When my father used to say to me, what are you going to do, Denise, when you get out of college? My mother would say, oh, just hopefully not arrested. <laughs> so right. I, you How know, nice her. <laughs> we, we have journeys but I when you look at it uh, for me looking at it I think you were just so drawn to it do you know what I mean it was just a natural progression for you yeah I, I was totally thank god your father loved food because you had the balance from Rita who didn't love food that's right 
That's right. So you're you're moving right along in your editing, and what makes you think I'm going to start a blog? Um, I that was you know much later. I mean, I I was living in New York City in a studio apartment. I was. Uh, I was um, editing. I was also writing. Um, you know, it was one of those sort of classic scenarios where I was working and publishing and coming home and writing until one o'clock in the morning, going to bed, going to sleep, and then going back to work and, you know, rinse and repeat. And and that's and a lot of, you know, if you talk to a lot of editors, um, many editors have that, you know, have that background. I mean, uh, um, Catherine Harrison was, you're, and you're going to hear meowing in a minute, and that's Arthur. Oh, I love Arthur. Uh, yeah, Catherine Harrison was, uh, you know, famously a Viking um, uh, um, editor when she was writing The Kiss, actually, and, and so, and she left there, and, you know, David, David Ebershoff and, and, um, uh, Will Schwalbe, you know, all, um, all editors and publishers. And, you know, at, at a certain point, I think it was about two th- in 2000, um, I met Susan and we commuted, uh, for a year back and forth from New York to rural Connecticut, Northern Connecticut. And I, you know, we knew that that was untenable and somebody was going to have to make a decision to move. <laughs> and so that was me, you know, I lived in the little studio apartment and, she had a you know a little cottage on an acre in Connecticut and a dog and um, and so I moved and um, I uh, actually wound up being the editorial director um, at the Taunton Press for a little while. Nice, yeah. You know of of the uh, of the book division. Yes. Uh, in 2008, I want to say you know at a certain point I was editing for um, an acquire <clears throat> excuse me acquiring cookbooks for Clarkson Potter. During my break, uh, over Christmas break, I, you know, I, I just, I was really curious about narrative long form food blogs and, you know, Molly Weisenberg was writing and, mm-hmm. and, um, and she was one of the earliest and, and, uh, Heidi Swanson, who's a dear friend of mine and remains a dear friend of mine. Uh, she was writing, you know, and I thought, well, let's see, you know, let's see what happens. And, and everybody told me every, everyone told me. No one wants to read long form food narrative online. There's no place for it. Nobody wants it. It's not, you know, you're not going to, it's, it's yeah. not, it's going to fail. And I thought, you know what? Blogger is a free platform. Uh, my wife designed the header with the pig, you know, the Love, it. Love it. And I thought, you know, what's the worst that could happen really? You know, so I hit publish and I, over the course of the next you know, a few years, I was really able to see what people wanted and what people didn't want, what they responded to and what they didn't respond to. And by and large, most of my readers responded very positively to um, long form, like, you know, when I say long form, I mean like 800 word uh, narratives in which the the uh, the food writing um, and the practical part of it was in, actually embedded in the text so there was not very often a standalone recipe it, that you know that came yeah. after yeah. the piece and th- there are wonderful people who, who do that much better than i do um you know who write recipes better than i do i i love it i can do it um but it's not where my it's not actually where my heart lies and so so that was really how poor man's feast 
came about. And I, I, um, you know, I was told nobody will read it. Nobody's going to want it. So three, uh, let's see, three James Beard, um, um, nominations and, a an award in 2012, uh, later I got to say you were wrong. <laughs> you know what? I think you told them, as we would say in my Italian family, just, well, you told them, you know, yeah. it's, it's the thing that that sort of makes me crazy, you know. And I'm doing a lot of I'm doing a lot of teaching right now, and a lot of people and I and I talk a lot about issues of permission and uh, the things that uh, we think we are allowed to do creatively, and we're told uh, that we can't do or we shouldn't do or or it's in our best interest not to do. And from a creative standpoint, I I you know I'm always always inclined to tell um to tell creators in whatever whatever form they're creating just try it just do it and no one can tell anyone what's going to work and what's not going to work i mean it's it's just not it's it's i i don't i don't know where you know where we think we uh you know where we think we can do that really now i need to tell people that our listeners i've been to one of Alyssa's workshops and i waited till she was here on the west coast and they can get your schedule i'm sure off your website the schedule of workshops so i've been to several what writing workshops every kind you can imagine and i waited until Alyssa was going to be on the west coast i went to it and the only thing i would complain about is it could have been longer for me i could have it could have been longer I took away so many things. I took about, I took away about just like focusing and you kept, you would do the movement of like, if you were almost focusing a camera lens to just really narrow it down, which I thought was brilliant. And also about breathing when you're writing. Right. And so it was, so, so if anyone's out there and they're listening and they're wondering if they should take a writer's workshop, I can highly recommend it. Now we have to say one other thing. You're a superb writer, Alyssa, okay? We don't have to, we're not bullshitting around about that. I gave Poor Man's Feast to, I bought several after I'd read it. I gave it to Cindy, who's sitting here with me. I gave it to my oldest childhood friends. They all said the exact same thing to me. My God, such beautiful writing. Thank you. Oh, no, come on. You know, that's what it, you know, it's what it is. So then when Motherland came out, well, I read Motherland in a weekend, and I have to tell you, it was like a treat. First of all, it was like a, a, a treat. I treat myself to not getting up off the couch or not doing any laundry. You know, it's really a present when you can just immerse yourself in a book. And I would read it, and then I would have to put the book on my chest for a few minutes to digest it sometimes before I would go back. And the only time I've done that also when I was reading was with Angela's Ashes, because sometimes I just had to put the book down and think and then go back to it. So, cause I couldn't even take it all in at the same time. And I have been lucky enough because of you telling people that are listening, I'm going to meet her in April, but I have talked on the phone to Alyssa's mother a couple of times, Rita. Yeah. God bless. You're, you're meeting her in April? Really? Because I'll be there for the James Beard Awards. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and we'll take you out for dinner. Oh, good. I, okay. I'll take you. She's, but, you know, Alyssa, it is so rich that I've gotten to speak to her because then when I was, I went back after I talked to, to your mom on the phone, I had to go back and reread the book so I could actually have her voice. Do you see what I mean? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I get. You know what? I. It's always important. I mean, I think photographs are really important. Um, she's a really interesting character. She's a character. She's a pistol. Now, yeah. I use the word. I always say that to you when you posted something. My father would have said she's a pistol, and yeah. there are, you know, and a pistol is fabulous, and then can sometimes be a little dangerous. <laughs> yes, very dangerous. Lately, <laughs> lately, we're in the danger zone. I'm sure. Yeah. Say the complete name of Motherland. Motherland, a memoir of love, loathing, and longing. Exactly. I I bought several of them, and I bought one for Diane, and then I was sure I'd already given it to her. This is classic. (laughs) So today, I said, didn't you love it? She said, you never brought it to me. So I don't know. (laughs) So I'm not sure who I gave that one to, but I'll have to track that copy down so Diane can eventually read it. Now... I love the cover, and I know Susan designed the cover. Actually, Susan designed the interior. The oh, cover, beg your pardon. Beg the your cover pardon. was designed by a wonderful artist named um, Marietta Anastasados. Okay. Well, I could never have pronounced that. Okay. And I'll tell you this. It's a beautiful – the whole book is just fabulous. Now, has Rita w- read the book? Rita has read the book. Okay. And, and Rita – you know, Rita suffers from narcissistic personality disorder. Very serious. Seriously. Yeah. Yes. And my mother believes that all publicity is good publicity. So <laughs> she, we all kind of held our breath when she read it, you know. I'm sure. Yeah. And so I think that she had a better response to it than I thought she was going to have. Thank God. I didn't know. Um, I couldn't predict what it would be because when uh, when Poor Man's Feast came out, you know, she read it and she was reading it sort of page by page, step by step, inch by inch. And then she got to sort of the uh, last third of the book and called me in a rage. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out what her rage was about. And then she finally told me it was because my father had more page time than she did. And that was the thing that she was enraged about. But if you know Rita, that's who she is. She's read it. I think that she understands that there is a lot of love in it. You know, one does not spend three years of one's working life creating a narrative and living with the narrative and living with the trauma and all of those things if one does not love the other person. That's exactly. You don't doubt it reading it, Alyssa. Okay, you don't doubt it. I just think it's such a universal, yours It maybe is a little more accentuated because of Rita than yeah. other people's relationships. Right. Yeah. Because no public, any publicity is good publicity. Right. But then the other side of the coin, when I look at it, it's so much easier to love someone else's mother, isn't it? We know that. Yeah. Um, it's so universal. I had a wonderful relationship with my mother. My One of my sisters, I have two sisters, not so much. Do you know right. what I mean? So it's 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 different for all of us. And it's certainly I do want you to know the last time I talked to to Rita, I didn't I'd said something that you had just posted a picture of her and it was so pretty. It was in the spring like a kind of a I would have worn it in the 70s it was kind of a hippie top but she just looked absolutely beautiful if people really have to understand how attractive she is and when you've been attractive all your life do you know what I mean you're hanging on I mean it's hard but I said to her the picture of I'd seen it on Facebook and how wonderful she looked and I just thought whatever the scarf that I had sent her the color would be great with her hair and I think I said with your gray hair and she jumped out of that phone and said gray hair 
gray hair. She said, I have highlights. Oh my <laughs> God. I started, I'm so sorry. I, no, listen, no, I was not sorry. I cleaned up. Let me tell you something. I thought lesson learned. Okay. Right. 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 So, yeah. and talked and then I told her it was okay I told her that I had let my hair go gray and I really liked it now and so then we had a very it was charming but I'm going to tell you something I think you've handled the whole situation incredibly and I think the book is really um uh, it's a tome of love it is well, you know yeah. love gets messy the world gets messy I look back on relationships not with my mother but with other people sometimes with just other women, friends and stuff. And they weren't always smooth, but it didn't mean I didn't love them. <laughs> Absolutely. And and again, you know, I, I do think that, uh, you know, if one is, is compelled to write, you know, it's very easy for the outside world to say, you know, is it going to, this is going to be a, a hatchet job? Is this going to be right. like, you know, mommy dearest, all of those things. And the answer is no, because why would someone choose to do that? You know, why would someone, why would someone choose to, uh, to live uh, in that kind of poison year, you know, year after year. So, um, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad and I'm, I'm heartened to know that, uh, you know, to know that you can see the love in it and that, um, you know, that's, that's been, uh, I've been very lucky. That's been the response that I've gotten largely across the board. Excellent. Now, what are you going to do next? I'm catching my breath, and I, I am at uh, in the earliest, earliest stages of working on my next book. I actually have three different things that are all going on at the same time. Um, it, one of which is a a, um, a book about writing, about the process of, of writing, and uh, and that's something that. I've had a lot of students ask me for, and so yeah. I've, started, I've started to do that. But I'm writing something else right now that I can't really talk about, and I'm not, I have no date for that yet. So Good. who Good. knows? <laughs> what would you tell yourself when you were younger from where you are now, Alyssa? Well, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing. I mean, I, I fretted um, something terribly. I mean, I, I am... Um, Susan and I have been together for, uh, it'll be 20 years in January. So uh, thank you. So I left New York when I was 36. I'm now 56. And I think that I, I fretted um, a lot about the gnawing desire that I had in my heart to, um, to write and to, to be a writer, uh, whatever that means. And it, it does mean different things, you know, it's, sure. it means different things. And, you know, and the fact that there was no way that I was not going to be a writer, there was no way that that was not ever going to happen. And that um, success is um, determined, I think, not by outside um, comment on one's work, whatever one does, right. but on the uh, knowledge and the self-knowledge that comes from within that that one has actually uh, endeavored to do the thing that one loves and and that that one is drawn to, um, and I used to fret about that. I used to of be course. concerned about that. And so, you know, looking back, I mean, I still have very, very, very nervous making days. Um, I still have a lot of uh, you know fears and anxieties that wake me up at three o'clock in the morning. But uh, that's part of my fiber and my makeup. Yes. And um, you know, and, and uh, I always have to remember to breathe. And, you know, I tell myself that now and I tell my former self that too. So, you know, that's, that's important. It, 
accepting who you are and what your DNA is. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. It's it's a, an enormously important thing. I know. I it just like when I got got on with you. I I'm swirling into orbit. And sometimes Alyssa by 10, 30 or 11, because I've been up since four. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah. so I so want to accomplish something that I'm I'm like spinning out of control. Right. So I under, so just learn hearing you say just breathe is a very important thing. Right. And I, I would recommend it for all of us. Right. Well, I can't thank you enough. I know that people can buy your book on Amazon. I your website is uh, AlyssaAltman.com, and uh, they can click over to Poor Man's Feast there, or they can go to Poor Man's Feast directly Excellent. also. Excellent. Um, and uh, the website is actually in the process of being updated with some new dates um, oh. and new new appearances. And the book is also, Motherland is also available as a downloadable oh, yeah. audio, uh, which I read, which I was I had the honor to narrate which was really quite interesting um, and a lot of fun. So, uh, Diane uh, just bought it when I got here. She just yeah, yeah, yeah. said, oh, I'll listen to it on audio. No, yeah. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alyssa, so much for your time. Oh, and thank I look you. forward to your writing book. I think that's okay. just, it's perfect. One of the things I didn't, I'm not good at is you kind of allude when you're writing and you were talking about it. I certainly don't want to be poisonous. But you aren't as catty as I am. So when you talk about being nice, I'm still learning that lesson. Yeah. Well, you are. You are. I mean, we all are. We all are. You know. You and and we, you have to, you have to understand too, though, that we live in a world that uh, nice does not often is is uh, you know relegated to. You got that right. Um, you know, and so. Nor does uh, pay the bills lots of times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's a it's a hard it's a hard thing to. It's a hard thing to swallow. So, you know, Thanks. good luck to us. Right? <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Denise. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, so, Diane, I didn't oversell her, did I? No, you certainly did not. Wow. I am so excited because I've just downloaded her book on my audible.com and I'm going to listen to her book. I'm a big listener of books because we live in LA and most of the time when we're not in our house, we're in our car. (laughs) So as a result, I get to be quite literary in the car. And Diane, because of the traffic in LA, taught me the word fukaka. Fukakta. Fukakta. Because every time she and I go to meet some each other, I'm not kidding you. It's not that easy when you are friends in LA. It's not that easy. It, yeah, it's you a learn work. every square word because it takes hours to I get know. to where you're going. So oh. I'm so glad you got Alyssa's book. I know you're going to love it. And everyone, all I can say is this: it's for sale on Amazon. I, I think it's in most bookstores. But it, it really, I bought several copies because I gave them to some of my oldest friends because of their mothers. And, you know, it's, I always say the same thing. It's easier to love someone else's mother, <laughs> but it's a great book and the writing is beautiful. So I can't I, wait. I hope people, I can't I wait. I hope people enjoy it as much as I did. Well, that's it. That's it. Until next time. Until the next time. Thank you, Miss Diane. Thank you, Cindy. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.